And this is Soundtrack Your Life, where we talk about the 2024 Oscars Best Original Song category. Oh, Tiny little clacks. This is my favorite episode, I think. That our the favorite recurring episode that we do. I love this. I love doing this. Yeah, so this week the best original song category was revealed. And I guess well let's start with uh Saying who's actually nominated. And I have little notes. So first we have Becky G, the fire inside from the Flamin' Hot movie. Billie Eilish, what was I made for from Barbie. John Batiste, it never went away from American Symphony. I apologize. Osage Tribal Singers, Wazazi. A song for my people from Killers of the Flower Moon. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it. I apologize if I butchered yeah. it. Ryan and I had to flip a coin before we started recording to see who would have to take a run at that. So we're very sorry for culturally insensitive and incorrect pronunciations, but the internet did not come through. Yeah, I got the pronunciation from a random Flickr account. <laughs> Which is totally reliable, I'm sure. And uh, finally, we have Ryan Gosling, I'm Just Ken, from the Barbie movie. So, I mean, back in September, we did an episode on Barbie with Scott and Toronto and Catherine and uh, producer Catherine from This is the Greatest Song I've Ever Heard in My Entire Life. And Scott predicted that Billie Eilish was walking away with this Oscar back nine months ago. Way back then. And that I mean, that's a pretty bold prediction if you think about it, because this was a long time ago and he was confident. And I think his prediction might come true. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I think that she is the front runner unless the uh, Academy voters want to play like the stupid narrative game of like, oh, she won in 2022, so maybe we should give it to someone else or something stupid like that. I mean, there's always that thing of um, not to like, not to be too predictive about it, but I always feel like there's that moment in Oscars sometimes where you split votes and sometimes a vote gets split and then something really wild and unpredictable happens. So there's always that weird outside possibility that votes could get split between the two Barbie songs, right? Didn't I'm just Ken win at the at the Globes or some some other uh, award Critics show? Choice Awards? Critics Choice Awards, right? Where Ryan Gosling is there, like <laughs> absolutely terrified and like gobsmacked and probably thinking like, oh fuck, now I have to perform this song at the Oscars. <laughs> like this is really happening to me. Like, should he be that surprised they did that? Like, I'm just Ken Christmas remix and they shot a video for it. Like, they pushed that song pretty hard. He pushed it hard, but I it reads to me as like pretty genuine surprise. I think he's surprised. He's like continuously surprised that this like very ridiculous kind of comic thing is being as lauded and awarded like as it is. Because the Oscars don't really have like they don't have a strong history of awarding comedies or awarding blockbusters or things that are like, I don't know, considered like lighter fare. Scorsese? Yeah. Barbie movie? Maybe not. 
Yeah, and I think that he is also probably surprised that half the internet hates him for getting nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Dude, well, two things. First of all, I kind of love this year because so many great movies have come out that people are really passionate about. It's a great year for movies, period. The fact that people are arguing means that so many things came out that people adore that you can't like cram them all into one category. Like movie discourse is fucking back. It's the only reason that I'm still on Twitter. It went went a little off the rails this week, though. It did. And it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous to me because, I mean, come on, like it's still running away with something like eight nominations. If you count them all up for Barbie, you've still got incredibly like the first Native American ever nominated in the best actress category like a lot of pretty incredible things are are still happening and yeah like I have my own personal list of things that I felt like were snubbed I know you do too right but this is the Oscars right that's part of the it's part of the thing not everything is gonna make it tough year for Greta's tough year for Greta's (laughs) Greta's Lee and Greta's Gerwig in my heart winners yeah, I've learned from, I think, knowing who votes for these things. Same with the with the Grammys is like not to take them that seriously. Absolutely. Like this is not like music podcasters voting for the Grammys. It's like fucking old people. <laughs> it's the truth, though. It, it like and that's why in best song, you're always going to get a mix of things that are part of the zeitgeist. And then you're going to get things that are incredibly safe. Right. It, and that's just the breakdown. That is the breakdown every freaking year. Right. And it's why you have like Steely Dan winning album of the year versus, you know, Radiohead or whatever like that. It's not to be taken seriously. It's basically Barbie versus the field. And if the field wins, it's probably because Barbie splits the vote. Exactly. I- Exactly. And that's probably a good way to start this discourse is like, don't take any of this shit too seriously, guys. Like anything we're about to say, like, don't let's not get that serious about it. It's not a big deal. It's just the Oscars. Yeah, we're here just to break things down for you and to maybe you'll learn you'll learn something new. Maybe you'll learn something new. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll come away with I think there's a lot of fun facts behind some of these songs. Well, let's talk more about... fun than the actual songs themselves. That's a, that's a bold claim. <laughs> but a great hook. Uh, well, let's talk then about the Barbie songs first, because as you said, I think it's Barbie versus the field. It's Barbie v. Barbie, if you will. Yes. I do, like Scott, think that um, Billie Eilish is what was I made for, is going to run away with this. I kind of almost can't visualize a world in which that doesn't happen. And part of the reason that I think it's deserving is not only because it I think it is on its own merit, a pretty great song. It's got great song craft. She's a great singer. She performs it wonderfully. But I was telling you this earlier, I think that you should get more credit if your song carries a really pivotal scene in a movie, which this song does, right? Yes, I, I, I am on board with you with that sentiment, but I will never discourage producers throwing money at people to make a song 
for a movie because well, no, like, that's how our podcasts exist nicole that's that's true i'm biting the hand that feeds but like a kick-ass in credit song okay fine great if it's a, a, like an, an enormous amazing song like yes award that but i do think you have to kind of give like a little extra credit for that if you're comparing i i don't know if you're comparing against something like the diane warren song from flaming hot maybe which is just like the quintessential kind of like throwaway end credit song to me yeah and and uh yeah it's, it's a great song in the movie it's noticeable without taking you out of the movie yes and then it's expertly placed instead of being in the end credits because the movie ends on a joke and it would totally tonally clash yes i would say that this it's a genuinely moving song there's something about it that is genuinely moving I'm going to tell a little anecdote about New Year's Eve. So New Year's Eve, my kid, who's nine, um, decides he wants to watch the Barbie movie and he's staying up late and he's nine and he can't handle that. Like he's hopped up on pixie sticks and doesn't know where he is. It's way too late. It's 1130. The Barbie movie is ending and this scene and this song comes on. (laughs) And I hear this like soft sniffling and I look over on the couch and he's kind of like laid out, staring at the ceiling, crying to this Billie Eilish song. Like, with just one tear rolling down his cheek. I'm like, hey, hey, bud, like, is everything okay? And he's like, 2023, it's just, it's just ending. It's just over. (laughs) And that, to me, is a testament. Is a testament to the power of that song and why it gets, like, picked up for TikTok um, and why I think it's going to have maybe an enduring cultural impact beyond just this Oscars nom and why it should win. (laughs) And and we are pro Barbie just because, uh, you know, there haven't been a lot of soundtracks recently that have really kind of launched themselves into the mainstream like it has. Absolutely. And so, you know, this this has been played on the radio. Like you said, it's on TikTok. Like everyone knows the song. Everyone knows I'm just Ken. Yeah, I don't I don't really want I'm just Ken to win. I just want to see that fucker sing the song. <laughs> so is he going to do it? I don't know. I assume so. I mean, it it would if people are going to be mad at Ryan Gosling for anything, it should be if he refuses to perform the song at the Oscars. What do you think that like what's that going to be like? Like who's he going to get? Are they going to Like it has to be a spectacle, right? It has to be a spectacle. It has to be the biggest spectacle. And in my head I'm wondering like, okay, are they going to get like all the original cast members to come like recreate the scene or are they going to go a different direction where they just get like a bunch of proxies like is john cena going to be there what's going to happen yeah i want to know like are they going to get like the most stacked backing band of dudes right like Like, is lars ulrich going to be drumming for (laughs) i'm just ken who are the kids going to be um oh my gosh just a bunch of guys in like bradley cooper masks and like black unitards like and then just like see Mulu just like throwing stuff at Ryan Gosling the entire time. <laughs> are they gonna ride those little stick ponies? I'm really excited for that alone. And I, I'm with and you. And then just have a have a, a middle acoustic session of of just like the chorus of push. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I would die for that. Yes. Yeah, like I just want to see the spectacle. Like David Byrne did the hot dog fingers last year for um for this is a life from everywhere, from uh, everything, everything everywhere. everywhere all I was. 
you know like i, I like scenes like they fucking redid the the not to not to dance like yeah. that was intensely awesome and the Oscars need that. I mean, they need that little injection of like energy and weird because if you don't get that, it's a pretty dry ceremony generally. So I'm excited for that. Don't even try to tell me that it wasn't nominated partially because the producers need this moment to happen. Yeah. Like that's TV. Like things that always need to happen. Diane Warren is nominated this year. She you is... Know, <sighs> I don't even want it. You go first because you know what I'm going to say. So she is the co-writer or I don't know if she's the main songwriter for for uh, Becky doesn't. G's The Fire Inside. We'll, we'll say Chat co-writer. G- Chat GPT gets at least a co-credit. Ouch. You know, I was really I was actually really excited. I, I thought this well before Barbie came out, I was like, maybe this will be Diane Warren's year. And I, I think I brought this up last year. There was they were doing that eighty for Brady movie, which nobody saw. At least no one under the age of sixty saw. But but You're I think awesome. she I, th- I think she was co she had written a song for like Dolly Parton and she, uh, was it Dolly Parton and like Cher like it was like a bunch of like big female uh, names. I think Belinda Carlisle was part of it. And I was like, well, if she's gonna win, like it'd be for like some crazy ass song with like the biggest some of the biggest names in uh in music history right and then like that song fizzled and didn't go anywhere and then this uh flame and hot uh movie with this becky g song which you thought the flame and hot movie was like an idea that 30 rock came up with well like (laughs) just the entire premise of like it's a movie that's like a partly fiction accounting of how flaming hot cheetos were invented don't even tell me that you don't hear that in like jack donahue's voice because i fucking do like so you know we texted about this earlier and i said i don't think that it's the flaming hot cheeto movie that they make it's the expose that is the flaming hot cheeto is movie is not a hundred percent accurate right it's not real yeah like it didn't happen like the the investigation into the Flaming Hot Cheeto movie being that's the movie that that you know that's it's the Jackie Jork jump of of, <laughs> of biopics you know. <laughs> Sorry, in my head now I'm thinking of the like uh, take a little chunk of my lung song because yeah. they can't get the rights. <laughs> Janis Joplin's music, um, it's very yeah. Apologies. To Diane Warren, you're once again the bridesmaid, but not the bride. I just, I mean, it, she's a workhorse, right? And and you have to respect that. You have to respect her contribution to this genre, right? I think the way that we think of soundtrack songs is very heavily influenced, for better and worse, by Diane Warren and what she does, but. The steam is just, you know, it's out of this one. There is nothing flaming or hot about this track. It's just, it's very dull. It's very produced. It is exactly what you would get if you told AI, like, hey, can I get a, like, pop song based on the story of how Flaming Hot Cheetos were invented? This is what it would spew out at you. It's just, it's not a good song. And you would never, ever torture yourself with it yeah i 
tried listening to it today and I have like my Spotify set to like loop stuff. So I thought that like it was like like the song like dropped out and then like came back in, but it was actually just the song starting over again. <laughs> right. Because there there's just nothing to really differentiate any any portion of it. It is so it is bad. It's a bad song. It's a bad song and it's a bad year for Diane Warren because she is going like the Barbie songs are written by previous Oscar song winners. Right. So so uh Billy and her brother Phineas obviously always write together. They wrote No Time to Die, the Bond song that won two years ago from the same movie. Yep. And I'm just Ken. Uh, with for all its ridiculousness, is written by Stars Born writers um, Andrew Wyatt, Mark Ronson, yep. who wrote Shallow, and so she's already up against two people who have already won. Which again, you know, you would think uh, Diane Warren could tackle it in a different year, but it's just not that year. And for all of its ridiculousness and for the idea that it is kind of like a gag uh, in like the, you know, last part of the Barbie movie, I'm Just Ken is great. It's great. It's well delivered. It's well done. It is incredibly entertaining. And I can't say any of those things for the Cheeto song. Yeah, I was at karaoke on Sunday and I was very upset that they did not have I'm Just Ken. Oh, I bet there's a I bet there's an outlaw though. I bet they're like, we can't put this in the mix. We don't want what's gonna come out of this. <laughs> Is it not like the perfect karaoke song? It's a great karaoke song because it's like super easy to sing and just kind of emote your way through. You can kind of put your own personal spin on it. I it's I think probably like the ideal karaoke song, but maybe that's why they don't have it because they're like, fuck this. We can't have like 10 I'm just Ken renditions a night. We're just a bowling alley. <laughs> I don't know. They had the they had um, a bunch of the other Barbie songs, but not that one. Really interesting. Smells like a conspiracy to me. So uh, the John Batiste song, which is called "It Never Went Away" from American Symphony, which is a documentary based on uh, a year in John's life. The documentary didn't get nominated, but the song did. It's co-written by uh, Dan Wilson. Best known as the lead singer of uh, Semisonic, who also co-writes for everyone. Everyone from Adele to uh, My Morning Jacket. Mm-hmm. It starts nicely. Like, it's, like it sounds like a Dan Wilson song on the piano. It sounds like something that he would come up with. Uh, John Batiste is a, a fine singer, but it doesn't really go anywhere. And that's the problem with it. And I think when you pointed it out earlier, it hit me that it's a frustrating song because it has all the pedigree it has all the potential, um, but there are just no real like peaks and valleys. It just doesn't really um, progress in any way. And very, it's, it's, it's pretty boring, unfortunately. And he does some really, you know, interesting things and collaboration collaborations um well both of them do but you know like batiste in particular like he's on a lana del rey album this year um he's always 
uh, mixing and mingling with things that are interesting. I think pushing past this kind of like piano driven song craft of his, but this is just very like, it's very spare and it's pretty plain. Not a lot going on with this, with this track. And it's not, it's kind of weird that it even got nominated in a way because it doesn't, it's weird and it isn't because it doesn't have a lot of like grandeur that you might associate with like, oh, cool, I can like see this at the Oscars. But also he, I feel like he's kind of an Oscars darling. He's already won uh, the score for, for Soul, which he did with Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross won an Oscar for best score. So I feel like the Academy loves him. Obama loves him. (laughs) The Grammys love him. The Grammys love him. And with a lot of good reason, right? Like super talented artist. I think this song is just maybe not not a hit on its own merit. And uh, like, I'm not going to skip over this Flowers of the Killer Moon song, which I'm not going to try to say the title again. It, it's it's an outlier in like a weird way like i i don't want to like judge it again as like a pop song like i i feel right. like best original song is kind of like a pop song and this is like oh like it's a cool like historical sort of i don't know like it it doesn't feel like it fits and it doesn't feel like like you should really compare it with the other songs <laughs> Well, it's almost kind of unfair to to this song because it's not like it it follows, you know, any of like the conventions of whatever Western songwriting and songcraft. So you can you can't really mix it in with these other songs and have it compare. Um, I love that it's here. I love the idea of representing it in this category. And I think that's really lovely. And I think it'll be cool to see it performed on stage. But is definitely an outlier and how do you how do you judge something that is like not maybe not quite a song in the way that these other songs are songs right it's something else you almost wish you could award it for something else and that's where we, we that's all we can say because we're not going <laughs> to say the name of the songs we will yeah butcher that's going to be really insensitive and terrible. I, I think I think Billboard said that it was like a it was a surprise that it got nominated, and I, I and I would agree with that. It's surprising, but it's also not. And I think this maybe falls into the category of Killers of the Flower Moon being such a critical darling. People have appreciated it this year, and I think they want to show it love in maybe as many categories as as possible. Maybe it's it's more the craft of the film that's sort of elevating this to this spot yeah i mean i i understand the score got nominated as well from the late robbie robertson um obviously lily gladstone is considered uh a front runner for best actress she may not win but i think it's either her she's or taking Stone. it i feel like she's ta- she has to take it i was surprised the song uh got selected i was like oh this is not a robbie robertson song and then and then I listened it's, to it. And I was like, "Oh, okay." It's really interesting. It, it is. A, it's a. It's really interesting that it that it made it from the shortlist to the final list of nominees. And it was a pretty. The shortlist is a pretty crowded field of a lot of kind of expected Oscar contenders. Like, there's a Lenny Kravitz song from Rustin on there, on the shortlist. Our favorite, Dear Alien, was shortlisted. Like, there are a lot of things that I think could have been on this list peaches was never gonna make it but <laughs> i i was really holding out for peaches 
I think we were all were kind of holding out for peaches. So it would have been fun, but it was never gonna. I don't think the Academy would allow peaches and I'm just Ken. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like they always have to counterbalance with like, oh, we nominated that like silly thing. So now we have to nominate some things that have more gravity. I was really hoping for a peaches versus dear alien versus I'm just Ken. Just extravaganza. I mean, there's like a way better festival lineup in there for sure. I I am never getting invited to the Academy. (laughs) You would just skew everything. What do you mean uh, Secret Life of Super Pets is not uh, nominated (laughs) for movie of the year? Best picture. (laughs) It would be just like our Spotify raps. Yeah, so from the short list, I guess we could go through um, all of them. Like we said, there was Dear Alien from Asteroid City, which is uh, attributed to the Asteroid City cast, but written by Jarvis Cocker, who's most famously from the band Pulp. We have another song from Barbie, Dua Lipa's Dance the Night, which, you know, it's a fun pop song. Obviously was going to be the one that would get crowded out if they were only going to take two of the three. There were a couple songs from a movie called Flora and Sun, which um, I wasn't familiar with. It's a musical, and uh, Gary Clark wrote a lot of the songs. Um, so there was there were two songs from that film. Uh, one of them by a, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is one of the singers, and um, I think I texted you that I'm I'd like to thank the Academy for not nominating him. Not because I don't enjoy him as an actor, but he um, I don't want to encourage him as a musician. <laughs> That's fucked up thing to say. <laughs> Why was I not expecting that read of it? <laughs> yeah, let's not. It's also people why we can't do that 500 Days of Summer episode. Oh, Ryan doesn't want to encourage it. I, no, I mean, I've seen um, some interviews with him. Like, I think uh, he was like on the Tonight Show with, and they were doing like, uh, like rock karaoke, and like, and Jimmy Fallon does a great David Bowie. I don't know. If yeah, I'll concede. It makes me mad, but he does. Um, so like he did. Uh, what song did he, he did? One song as David Bowie, and then. Joseph Gordon-Levitt tried to do like Kelly Clarkson's like Since uh, You Were Gone as like Axl Rose. And it's not that it wasn't like, like it was fine. But then like after it was, uh, after it was like, oh, let's cut to break. And then he's like, I got to sing with the roots. And it was yeah. just like, you're a little too excited with music. How dare you be excited about music? He did that whole hit hit record thing, and that was super annoying. Tried to get people to come out to like to pay money to like watch him do like Nirvana karaoke. Listen, do you you not remember the late aughts when he was doing this? I no, I know. I feel like he could have, um, if he were a slightly better singer and musician. Like, couldn't he have totally had like a duo thing with? Zoe Deschanel instead of M. Ward. Couldn't he have like subbed in as the him in she and him? No. Probably wanted to. He probably would have died to be able to like be part of that. 
But the odds were a weird time for like actors turned musicians. I remember like Scarlett Johansson had that whole record full of like Tom Waits covers. It was a weird... by, by Dave Siddick from TV on the radio. It was a weird time. Okay. Like, I don't know that we can judge people based on their indie core, indie sleeves, previous actions. Anyway, we know you're not a fan of JGL. So thankfully that didn't make this list. <laughs> thankfully he's not nominated and not here to bother Ryan. I thought you'd be. I thought you'd be on the same page with me. I'm just not as. I don't find him as boogery as you do. But I didn't watch that Fallon clip, so I might have to recant that statement. I don't think he's boogery as an actor. I think he is just overexcited. You know, like like in Five Hundred Days of Summer when he's doing that Pixies cover at karaoke, drunk. Like that's how he is when he's like yeah. around musicians. Yeah. No. I mean, f- fair enough. That 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 sounds pretty irritating. Uh, but anyways, uh, so there are a couple of songs from uh, The Color Purple. Is it a remake? Well, I think it's a it's a, a musical version, version of The Color uh, Purple. A musical adaptation of The Color Purple. Yeah, I, I didn't see it. So um, so there's a couple songs from there. I thought the those songs are great. I, honestly, I think maybe if Color Purple hadn't come out so late in the year, it might have had a little more gas because you're right. A lot of the songs on that album are great and super competent and, you know, certainly like on merit better than a lot of the things on this list. I feel like it could have been like a two nominee category for Color Purple. There's a lot of great songs. Yeah, there's the uh, Lenny Kravitz Road to Freedom from Rustin that we uh, mentioned earlier, which sounds like it was engineered to be nominated for Best Original Song. Well, I mean... It's an end credit song for sure, you know? And there's a Bruce Springsteen song as well, so there's a lot of like... Um, oh, I don't think that made the shortlist. I think that was just nominated at the Golden Globes. Oh, interesting. Okay, well, either way, like I feel like you've got a lot of those... Um, staple rock stars doing Oscars bait songs in the mix this year. Um, But a lot of them didn't, they didn't make the cut. Yeah. Um, There was a song from the Across the Spider-Verse movie. It's Metro Boomin, ASAP Rocky, and Royze. Or Royze. Am I Dreaming? It's a fine song, but from the animated spider-man films into the spider-verse and across the spider-verse the best song from those movies is that post malone song sunflower yeah yeah i think so too i actually really like those movies in a lot of ways so but this one it's fine i think asap rocky has some some good bangers but this is not a oscar winner for me yeah it's kind of like i remember thinking this last year i've already forgotten the name of the song but the top gun song lady gaga top gun song from last year a lot of the the artists that like you would expect more out of are just not they're not giving it they're kind of like at half speed with a lot of these a lot of these songs and you know respect for doing it like when you're under pressure to create a song specifically for a movie there's a timeline there's you know a lot of mandates on you right there's notes there's notes like you're never going to be as creatively free if that's like your job, right? It's a job. It's a gig. And I think that comes across in some of these where it's like, uh, yeah, you're gigging. 
You did just enough. You got it in under the deadline. I was pretty disappointed with the uh, Olivia Rodrigo song, Can't Catch Me Now, from The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Yeah, and, you know, obviously the internet is upset at various snubs, and I think that's one of them that certain people would have liked to see nominated. I think people also wanted to see uh, the the other song from that movie by Rachel Ziegler nominated, The Hanging Tree, and people kind of wanted to see that nominated. It's kind of like a folksy ballad that's built like for the movie, from what I understand. But yeah, there's just, it's not, they're pretty dull, I don't know that I could advocate for them like all on their own. I think that's really like that's fan service at that point. Yeah. The Olivia Rodrigo song, I feel like it's supposed to like take off at some point. Yeah. Like I was waiting for like big crunchy guitars and for her to kind of like. Yeah. Where's the key change? Like yeah. where, where's what, where are we leading? Where are we going? Oh, we're going nowhere. We're going to like run through a field and we're going to stay right. <laughs> it's going to loop. Like, it's like a looping, it's music that you would put over, like, just a looping clip or music that you would put, like, on a on a trailer where, you know, you only need a little bit of something. And then you cut to a different song that's, like, way more exciting and interesting. Yeah, like, I kept waiting for it. I was like, oh, this is, this, this is okay at the beginning. I'm like, all right, let's see where this goes. And then I was like, oh, yeah. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, and, like, although I'm, like, way too advanced in age to listen to uh, Olivia Rodrigo extensively, like, so much of her music, you know, has, like, a lot of swagger and attitude and whatever in your face about it, and this has, like, none of that. (laughs) Like, nothing. There's nothing happening here. Yeah, like, that, it's, like, the total antithesis of that Bad Idea Right song. Yeah, it, totally. It's like, it's a void of charisma. It's a charisma void. There's a lot of that happening this year. There's a lot of things that are like just a charisma hole. Like they just needed more personality. And, and unfortunately, it's just not, it's not really there. Not for me. Yeah. So the last song on the list is Sharon Van Etten's Quiet Eyes from Past Lives, which is a nice song. I, Kind, it's it's no, uh, what's that song that she did with Angel Olsen? Oh, that song's so great. Um, why is it not coming to me right now? Let me, I know let me exactly what song you're talking about, but now I have, um, like I, I used to, yeah, that's a great song. I have Olivia Rodrigo in my head, and I can't listen to two things at once. I was hoping that past lives would get like a like something on the level of like, like I used to. Yeah, I mean, again, I think like it would have been nice to see a lot of these movies supported by songs that had more to them, but you kind of get the feeling that maybe these artists were like rushed and it's just a gig because there's really not a lot going on with this song either. And I love Sharon Van Etten. She's so yeah. talented. I love her. Um, I, either, I either wanted something like as epic as that or I wanted it to sound like Sharon Van Etten fronting Grizzly Bear. Yeah, but yeah, like I'm just asking, you know, where's like the epicness? Where's the drama? Where's the emotion? Like these are songs for film. Like give that a little bit. And none of the songs that are in this shortlist or in the mix for the nominees, a lot of them just don't really have a lot of of emotion. It's kind of disappointing. You know what has passion and emotion? Peaches. Peaches, 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 peaches. 
You should see my daughter belt that out in the shower. <laughs> I mean, yeah, again, like, I think that's one that, like, maybe they'll, maybe they'll just roll, like, Jack Black out on a piano anyway. Like, that might just get performed for the fun of it. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't even have to be, like, it could be, like, you know, they're coming back in from commercial and <laughs> yeah. Jack Black is singing Peaches on, with his, like, Bowser tuxedo on. But, like, totally, right? Because it's just, it's fun. If they it's knew fun. what they were doing. The Academy knew what was good for them. From your lips to the producer's ears. Uh, they've already tuned me out when I was like, it should be Peaches versus Dear Alien versus I'm Just Ken. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is hosting, so. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm banned from the building. You're banned. <laughs> I think you'd be like a fun hang. No, you don't think that. You're lying. I mean, I would not let him in my office where my guitars and keyboards are, but. <laughs> I wouldn't let him around any instruments or anything you can make music with. You put down those two spoons, Jeff Gordon Lovett. Hey, Ryan, That's do you have a record game. player? No! <laughs> Keeping my eye on you. Sorry. I'm totally derailing this. It's very funny. It's a very unexpected hateration from you. It's only a small part of his life. Yep. He also had like some Verizon commercial where I think he was like trying to like record a song and then other people like would build off of what he was doing. I was just like, I can't. I, can't. I think that I think 500 days or just ruined both of those people for me. <laughs> I mean, fair. I, I feel like we've covered the songs pretty well for the best original song category for scores. Uh, I haven't gone through all of them, but it, I'm pretty sure that Ludwig Gornson's going to win for Oppenheimer. I'm going to take your word for that. Cause I haven't gone through all of them either. Cause I think he's but... just won everywhere else. And it just seems like it's kind of like when Dune was winning everything and it's like Hans Zimmer is just going to win it for Dune. Yeah. No, true. And I think they're probably, they're going to give Oppenheimer as many awards and as many categories as possible, I think. I think they're going to be predisposed to awarding Oppenheimer versus another film. Well, I guess the dark horse in that category would be John Williams for uh, Indiana Jones, Dial of Destiny. Yeah, and far be it from me to disparage John Williams, but um, Dial of Destiny is not, it's not a great Indiana Jones film. I'm here to tell you. But Williams is, I believe, retiring. And mm. like I said, sometimes the narratives play into things. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Did you know that he's only won like four times? I mean, it feels like it should be more, but. He's kind of the Diane Warren of composers. Yeah, except I think that his. No, this is so mean. I don't want to be mean to Diane Warren anymore. It's just it's like it's me and Diane Warren and you and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I'm gonna try to be nice about it. Like she needs me to be nice. She has like a castle. She's she's pretty funny on Instagram. Oh, is she? Is she fun? Yeah, she's pretty funny. I mean, fuck. I'm sure she's really fun. I'm gonna say the thing that you said, which is I'm sure she'd be like a great hang. Except I mean it. You didn't mean it. <laughs> she's pretty self-aware. I think she is too, and that's the thing. I think that she I think she knows that this is her game. I think she's like, no, I don't. I'm going to get my bag. Like, I'm collecting checks here. And I respect that. Like, she's a businesswoman. 
I think someone uh, posted a picture of her and Lady Gaga and captioned it as like, oh man, Lady Gaga's hang, like she's on the Epstein list because like here's a picture of her and Maxine Glasswell, but it's, it's just. <laughs> They do look a little bit, but not enough. <laughs> it's her and Diane Warren, and Diane Warren was just like, "This is hilarious." Oh no, that's. I'm glad she was able to laugh about it. Yeah, I mean, I gotta. You gotta respect her for uh, being pretty self-aware and probably having a much thicker skin than than you and I have. Oh, absolutely. I like. I think she totally gets it. I think she's very aware. Also, I would wager that these songs are kind of like phoned in at this point. It's like a cut paste job for her. Like any job that you have for like 40 years, like don't you get to some point where you're just like, yep, here's another one. <laughs> what, what, what movie are you writing this for? Flaming Hot? <laughs> <laughs> Guess we could put something about hot and warm in it. Just gonna... I, I'm not giving you my best for Flaming Hot. We'll just call it the fire inside, okay? Because literally, you eat Cheetos, and you are, there is a fire inside of you. It is a is literal, and it's a metaphor. Unless Scorsese is directing this movie, I'm not giving my A game. <laughs> <laughs> but literally, I think she does shit like that, and she's like worn out by yeah, she's probably the magic that you pay for. She's probably got like a song pre-written, but like, eh, I'll just change the chorus. Uh. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think she's got like a like a file drawer worth of shit, you know? I watched this documentary about the design studio that did all of those album covers in the 70s, and they're really famous for doing like Dark Side of the Moon. And their whole process was basically like, yeah, we sit around and we like come up with a bunch of concepts and we throw them like on a desk and into drawers. And like sometimes, I don't know, like something gets rejected by a band. At that point, like bands will go through shit and they'll be like, okay, we like that one. Gets rejected by like Wings, but then we gave it to like Jethro Tull. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that's how she works too. I think she's just like, okay, well, I got, well, this got turned down by Tom Cruise and like the Top Gun crew. No, for sure. Like I, I remember uh, reading. Um, I, th- I think it was like with an interview with Pusha T, and they're like, "Oh, you get all these great like when you were in the clips. Like Pharrell did all your production. Like, you know, got all these great beats from Pharrell." And Pusha T straight up goes, "Yeah, we get all the beats that Jay Z passes on." <laughs> awesome. Which is doing something awesome about that to me like because it's pop music and i kind of like people like as you said that are self-aware enough to realize like no this is like a super commercial enterprise like i'm not this is not coming from my heart like this is coming from like people that are asking me to do a job and to express something that's like in a script it's like completely artificial in the most like i don't know american sort of way i mean it is hollywood it really is like the the convergence of things here, though, from like the fake flaming hot story to like this song and the Diane Warren Association is all very like it's so Hollywood peak. Yeah. It's like, how can we legitimize this movie? Diane Warren will write the end credit song. That's what it was. I think when it premiered, if whatever film festival it was, President Biden came for the flaming hot film Like, I feel like I hallucinated that, but I'm like 99% sure that you're right. I think they made a big deal out of it at the White House because they were like, oh, cool, you know, Latino representation and this is all great. 
And then the whole thing came out that it like none of it was real. <laughs> they just like made it up and ridiculous. And I like how the LA Times and NPR corroborated together to like expose it. <laughs> and that's and that's where the 30 Rock movie comes in. Yeah, that's what what did you say? You're like that's uh that's the role that Jenna Maroney is gonna play. Yeah, she's gonna be the lead investigator. It's like spotlight. But instead of exposing pre-sex abuse, it's about exposing the lies of the Flaming Hot Cheeto story. <laughs> That's so amazing. It's it really, it's liter it's amazing. And I know that Diane Warren laughs at this shit too. Like I'm confident that she We does. would love to have you on our podcast, Diane. Come on, come on down, Diane. Like you're she's a legend. Yeah. <laughs> She's a legend for just being like, yeah, Hollywood, I'll do that. I'll take your money all day long. And I'm going to get nominated for an Oscar, too, again, for like the 14th time. Man, she's got to have so many like fancy dresses in her closet. <laughs> I hope when uh, they, they cut to her for uh, the um, when when they go through the nominees, I hope she does the whole like, if I don't win, I'm going to leave. <laughs> that was pretty good. The Jennifer Lawrence thing. That was pretty good. Yeah, it was great, right? And it's yeah. because she she knew she was not going to win the Golden Globe for no hard feelings. <laughs> right? I love the Golden Globes for that reason because they separate things out into genre. And so there are always people that get like randomly nominated for comedy or like musical, something musical. And you know they're not. It's going to end there. Like that's the end of the journey. That's the last railway stop. And it's comedy. It's hilarious. I love it. Yeah, so she was end. there to, to wear her fancy dress and to, like, drink with her friends. The uh, the headline I saw for Becky G is that she can't stop crying over the Flaming Hot Oscar nomination. I also can't stop crying, Becky G. Oh, I'm sorry, for, Becky. I am sorry, for Becky. For different reasons. <laughs> Who is Becky G? Should I know? Uh, this is going to sound really bad, but I was like... Oh, isn't she on the Barbie soundtrack too? But that is Carol G. <laughs> it's a different G. <laughs> but I think she is also in the, that kind of like Latin pop world with like Carol G and like Bad Bunny. And that's probably why we're not super familiar with her. Yeah. Let's go with that. I just want to know if her other music is like a lot better and this is this is like an aberration for her. I think her the rest of her music is probably also not for you. <laughs> it's not made for me. Uh, you don't think I'm gonna be a Becky G fan? That is what my friend told me about uh, hard seltzer. I was like, hey, what's this hard seltzer craze? And he goes, It's not for you. People, honestly, people tell me that a lot. I think that's what comes with, uh, you know, like having a really strong personality and a lot of opinions. That like your friends will straight up just tell you, like, this is not for you. And they'll like put their hand on your hand. It's not for you, Nicole. You know, it's funny because uh, I was listening to the latest Gorillaz album and there's a song with Bad Bunny on it. And I really enjoyed the song, but, you know, like Eunice will be like, what are you listening to? Is that Bad Bunny? And I was like, yeah. And she'll be like, why are you listening to this? And I was like, you're a Bad Bunny fan. It was good. Damon Alburn's about to start singing in about 30 seconds. That's great. 
No, I do that too, where I'll listen to things just because I want to know what they sound like. And then even if I circle back to like, yeah, it's not for me, at least I, at least I tried. At least I know. I'm just trying to understand. Yeah. I'm just trying to understand shit. Like I'm just trying to like, I'm just like a tourist trying to understand, trying to be part of that like conversation, trying to understand my um, Gen Z coworkers who are like, oh my God, this PowerPoint, stun, slay. Well... I hope you enjoyed our 2024 Best Original Song Breakdown. Like I said, we have no skin in the game about who wins and who loses. If Diane Warren wins, congrats to Diane Warren for finally winning her Best Original Song Oscar. But most likely, this is uh, Billie Eilish's second Oscar. Yeah, and I mean, rightfully so, if it is. I think that's a... That's a win everybody can get behind. So we'll see if that happens. But if it doesn't happen, if she doesn't win, who does? In your mind. In my mind? Yeah, I mean, like, is there even, like, let's just say she doesn't win. Who do you think would? Ryan Gosling. Yeah. It's Barbie v. Barbie. It's Barbie v. Barbie. Now, listeners, if you have a different opinion, you can hit us up on twitter at soundtrack cast or on instagram also at soundtrack cast and you should join our patreon at patreon.com slash soundtrack your life where you will get exclusive episodes and if if you are a patreon listener you probably got this episode a few weeks early before the oscars we've got a lot more great episodes coming out we've got a pretty killer list of guests this year so Stick around for the next episode, and uh, we'll see you later. Happy Oscaring. Happy Oscaring. Thanks for joining us this week on Soundtrack Your Life. Make sure to visit our website, soundtrackyourlife.net, where you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out, too.